Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. How they must have loathed little Zacchaeus. I mean, this man in fine garments, probably with a haughty air, who had for decades built the people out of their money while working for the hated Romans. We hear in the Gospel that Zacchaeus was not an ordinary tax collector. They were hated enough. But he was a chief tax collector who had become very wealthy at their expense. How they must have hated him. Well, Zacchaeus is the main character in the Gospel for today in this beautifully told, beautifully crafted story. Jesus as the Gospels tell us over and over again, came precisely for such people as Zacchaeus. And in that, fellow sinners, we have very good news. Someone as despised and loathed as Zacchaeus, Jesus came for him. The story, as Luke lays it out, is like a spiritual itinerary. So we should take it step by step. We hear first, at that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Ah, where does Jesus always go? He always goes to Jericho. Jericho in the Bible symbolizes the place of sin. You remember when the Israelites came into the promised land, they had to conquer the fortified city of Jericho. Through God's power, they knocked down the walls. Bartimaeus, in the Gospels, the blind man, sits by the walls of Jericho. He's blind in a sin. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, a man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. That's a symbol of the fall, going from the heavenly Jerusalem down into the city of sin. Therefore, this city, whenever it appears in the Gospels, stands for The dysfunctional human family. Okay. Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. The incarnation, the entire life, ministry, career of Jesus is nothing but a sustained act of passing through Jericho. That means the city of sin. That means our fallen, compromised world. And in this place, we find Zacchaeus, the loathsome tax collector. Well, what is he here but a symbol of all of us? Now, maybe he's a kind of extreme example, but all of us are Zacchaeus. Paul says, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Brothers and sisters, we're all citizens of Jericho, bedeviled by something enthralled to some power other than God. 
So we're meant to identify with this little man. Now, as the story goes on, we learn that something lured Zacchaeus in the direction of Jesus. He wanted to see him. Who knows what it was? Maybe it was a lingering feeling of dissatisfaction with his own life. A growing conviction that though he was getting richer, he wasn't getting any happier. Maybe it was just a frustration with the sidelong glances of his fellow citizens. Who knows? But something drew him to Jesus. Friends, fellow sinners, don't despise those feelings when they arise in you. There could be somebody listening to me right now who's sunk in sin, who's mired in a lifestyle that he knows is wrong. Maybe someone beset by depression or anxiety, someone who's deeply unsettled, unsatisfied, but who finds himself drawn to Jesus, drawn to the church. Maybe you hear a preacher and something in you, almost despite yourself, makes you listen. Maybe you pick up the Bible and you think, I've never read this book before, but something has drawn you to it. Maybe holy people whom you used to make fun of, now you find fascinating. You know what that's called? That's called grace. That's called the lure of grace. God already working in you to draw you to conversion. That's what Zacchaeus feels. Don't despise those feelings when they arise in you. Rather, follow them. Give in to that suggestion. Succumb to the lure of grace. Well, it leads Zacchaeus to climb a sycamore tree in order to get a better look at the Lord. Now, this took some doing. This is not a young man, limber and agile. It's probably a middle-aged or late middle-aged man. He's wearing fine clothes. Imagine someone today, the age of 55, wearing a fancy suit, climbing a tree. This cost him some physical and psychological strain. I mean, I bet there are people around him. They hated him to begin with, making fun of him. Here's this this middle-aged man trying to clamber up a tree. This is also a manifestation of grace. Are you willing to go, like Zacchaeus, out on a limb to get a better look at Jesus? Are you willing to make that extra effort, even, listen, at the cost of your own dignity, in order to get in Jesus' way? That, too, is the lure of grace, prompting you to do things you wouldn't otherwise do. Follow them. Cooperate with that feeling. Then we hear, when he had reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. You know, almost the whole spiritual life is contained in that line. Let me say it again. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. Salvation from sin never comes from our own efforts. 
Oh, grace can prompt us, sure, to take some steps to get close to Christ, but salvation never comes through our efforts. This runs counter to schemas of perfectibility, which can be found in both the ancient and the modern world. Aristotle, the great philosopher, he said, well, we can make ourselves perfect. Just habituate yourself to virtue. Plato said, sure, we can become perfect. Just become better educated. Learn to commune with the forms. Follow my philosophy. Modern philosophers say it all the time. Just increase your liberty. If we shift the economic or political system, we'll be happy. Read Karl Marx for an extreme example of this. Today, lots of psychologists of various stripes will say introspection, psychotherapy, maybe certain drugs will make us happy. Now listen, none of these things is bad in itself. I'm all in favor of habituation to virtue. I'm all in favor of education. I'm all in favor of proper social and political reform. I'm in favor of psychological counseling, properly prescribed drugs. Sure, all of it can help. But listen, none of it can even in principle solve the most fundamental problem we have, which is the problem of sin. See, in our sin, we're like a dysfunctional family which cannot even in principle lift itself out of its own dysfunction. Why? Because everybody in the family is affected by it. We're like someone who's addicted to alcohol. The one thing an alcohol addict can't do is save himself or will himself into sobriety. That dysfunctional family, that alcoholic addict, needs a power to come in from the outside. Only in that way can salvation come. Now, sin is the most elemental form of dysfunction. Sin is the worst kind of addiction. What do we need? Grace. Grace. Free gift. God's power bursting in from the outside. And listen, this is what Jesus embodies throughout the gospel. Remember that scene when he just gets into Peter's boat without being asked, without being invited, without asking permission. He just gets in the boat and begins commanding. That's grace. So here, he comes to Zacchaeus. He looks up. He says, come down quickly because I'm moving into your house today. That's grace. Mind you, Jesus is moving into his house. That means he will not be one small influence among many. He will not be placed upstairs in the attic of your life. He will not be placed in the basement of your life or out in the garage. Now, many of us spiritual people live just that way. We say, sure, Jesus, oh yeah, he's part of my life. Yeah, where does he live in your house? Oh, he's up in the attic, really, and I you know, visit him maybe once a week. Oh, yeah, he's, he's down in the basement of my life, and occasionally I'll confront him. Uh-uh. When grace bursts in, grace wants to take over. Let it, because what does that entail? Listen. And he, Zacchaeus, came down quickly and received him with joy. Grace 
as it breaks into your life means joy. That's what God wants. Remember, Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. When the Lord invades our life and takes over, joy follows as night follows the day. And then everything changes. Zacchaeus resolves, once Jesus says, I'm moving in, he resolves to give away half his possessions to compensate those from whom he had extorted money. That means probably everybody in the town. What he's saying here is, I'm going to practically empty my life out now. I've spent my whole life filling my ego up with the goods of the world, especially with money. But see, what's the divine life? The divine life is an act of self-giving. Therefore, when the divine life invades you, you become someone who gives. How countercultural this is, how difficult this is. Because we all say, no, the point of life is to fill your ego up. No, but when grace breaks in, when you allow Christ to take over the house of your life, you become conformed unto him. And now you give and give and give. That's what joy is about. That's what grace is about. Listen to how this happy story ends. Jesus says, Today salvation has come to this house. Salvation just means health. It means healing. Are you sick? Are you sad? Are you anxious? You're depressed? You're stuck in a lifestyle of sin? Follow the prompting that leads you to Christ. And then when he invites, listen now, when he invites, let him in. Let him take over the house. You'll find joy. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. Cardinal George says, It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 43 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries willing to help you during times of loss. Call 708-449-6100 for assistance. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.